Welcome to the Raising Thriving Athletes podcast, the show for coaches and parents of young athletes who want to set up their athletes for success on the field and in life, where smarter training beats overtraining and healthy habits replace visits to the doctor's office. Coming to you from Surf City, USA, this is Matt. Thank you for joining me on the Raising Thriving Athletes podcast. It is uh, April right now, and we are in the middle of a COVID-19 quarantine shutdown all across the country. Uh, this is a very interesting time, to say the least, and um, especially for youth sports as everything's been put on hold. And... It's been uh, been an interesting time, even just for me as a healthcare provider and as as a parent with coaches uh, with uh, some athletes in the home. And yeah, it's been an interesting time for everybody. Uh, one thing that's been interesting, just a little reflection before we get into the the show here, is uh, the the effect of just shutting everything down. And the positive side of that has been there's been a at least in our family. Um, it's been some good rest going on. Uh, you know, sometimes it can get pretty hectic with the youth sports world. And it's been nice to be able to, to take a break, rest, and and slow things down. We are ready to get things moving again. Um, however, it has been nice to be able to take advantage of that. And, and another thing with, with this uh, whole COVID-19 thing is we've done something at our clinic and we've released the raise the Thriving Athlete 101 course for free for anybody who wants to take it. And um, if you can, if you want to take advantage of that, you can go to uh, SportsChange.com, and that's a online course that we've designed to just teach basic fundamentals and foundations of uh, preparing as an athlete. We go over nutrition, hydration, soft tissue mobility, a bunch of essential habits that is good for youth to develop. Um, and a, another special thing, we've added a nice feature on that for coaches. Uh, this segment that we're doing today is all about um, coaches here. And coaches are able to get their teams signed up um, with, with them. And so then they can, uh, coaches can see the progress of their kids. So it's a really good function that we have on there now. If you're a coach, just head over to sportschange.com. And we can uh, we click on the top. It says Thriving Athlete 101 course, and um, you can take a look at it there. So in this episode, uh, I get the privilege of sitting down with my uncle, and he is the head softball coach at Huntington Beach High School in Huntington Beach, California. And he has been coaching since 1987. So he has been um, in the middle of it. And it was just a really good conversation. I thought it'd be um, really good to kind of pick his brain on uh, what are some things he's learned throughout the years, what are some of the, the things that have benefited him as a coach, and also uh, the path that he's gone on from uh, taking a high school sports program, which uh, was not doing so well and was kind of a little bit of a mess when he walked into it, and then to where it's at now, where they are... Um, uh, serious competitors for championships and they have a lot of um, I think he said they have the most um, athletes going to D1 schools in the softball program in Orange County so um, it's just good good insight all you coaches out there 
interested in getting some tips from a veteran coach. And also this episode, we do have a video of the interview, which is on our uh, Facebook page. And so you can find it on the link below and you can check that out if you want to see the full interview. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Jeff Forsberg about high school coaching. Very cool. Well, um, I did, I know last time we talked about a bunch of different things and, um, but I kind of wanted to, um, just kind of with two different roles kind of that you play or you have your coach role and then a parent, um, in, in sports and maybe just kind of focus in on, on a couple of those things, but just as a coach and the last time you're sharing about, um, when you came into your program and kind of the transformation that you took it through, and maybe you could just kind of share that again, um, what that process was. And just from the idea of just any other coaches that are coming into coaching that have, you know, the, the program they're walking into isn't really the best. Um, and kind of, I don't know, encouragement for what, what to do, how to, how to approach that. And, how to approach it. Yeah. Um, yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, so I've been coaching youth, well, actually youth baseball slash softball since 1987, which is actually kind of funny that right now is the first time I've like, not coached a game or a practice since 1987. I mean, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> yeah. So I'm kind of going through like major withdrawals here. I, as, as many times as I complained to myself, I didn't want to go to practice. Now I'm begging to go out to a practice. It's kind of funny, but so yeah, I coached somewhere, somehow since 87, you know, little league stuff and then coached all the way through with my son playing baseball, had teams. Um, and then we got into travel. We did travel baseball for six or seven years um, when he was playing through that. And then um, and my daughter was born. She play, actually played t-ball when she was five, started playing softball. And then that kind of moved on to her playing a little bit of travel, which we started up this little travel ball team. It was local, did pretty well. And, you know, all those years of doing it, I look back at it now um, as a parent and as a coach, I was kind of like in the whole mindset of, you know, winning was everything. You got to, you know, chase the tournaments, chase the championships, chase the good kids, chase just, you know, it was a constant chase thing and being really involved, you know, literally you got to do the all-stars and you had to go all that kind of stuff. So I kind of went down that slippery path of just being a parent, kind of not an out of control parent. Cause I don't think I was ever that type, but just that whole winning and trying to become better and thinking that if your kid was great at 12, you know, she was going to be, or he was going to be an all-star in the major leagues when he was 19. And, and kind of went down there and just like everybody else does. I mean, everybody says, oh, I don't do that. But the reality is everybody does. And, um, and so kind of managed that until Allie was about, I guess she was 12 and the Huntington coaching job opened up uh, as a softball coach. I was not a softball coach, um, did baseball. Uh, a friend of mine took the job, wanted me to help her coach. Uh, Huntington's program had, you know, every year there was a new set of coaches there. Um, the guy that was there now, where at the time, we'd only been there for a couple of years. And then he had moved on because talent was pretty bad. Uh, kids were bad. The program was bad. The school didn't really support the program. It was just there. It was just something he did. And so I, and I, of course, I had no idea how all that was set up. Didn't know the politics of it. Yeah. So I kind of helped her out. This was back in 2004, I guess it was. 
helped her out. Um, told her I'd do it for one year. I didn't have any kids playing. Um, <laughs> Allie was still in grade school and did it for one year. And then uh, about five games into her first year, the lady that I was with decided to quit and, and walk away from it. <laughs> and so uh, um, it sounds like it sounds like a like that's what happens on re in rec leagues. You know, you get right, roped exactly. into it. Right? The same that thing. Totally, I totally roped into it. Yep. And uh, so. I was, you always had this visions, I think when I was younger and when I, the kids were younger, it was like the pinnacle of youth sports was high school. It was like, oh, wait, I always remember saying, well, once you get to high school, you know, all things are going to be so different. The reality uh -huh. is high school is the same as youth sports. It's just the kids are older. Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no difference whatsoever. It's all the politics that happen in youth, which still happens in high school. So Yeah, uh, or um, worse. Yeah. So, but we, you know, being, being kind of naive to it all, I kind of sat there and said, Oh, once we get to high school, you know, it's going to be the, uh, the golden goose. We're all going to be excited and everything. We don't have any problems. Well, the Huntington program was not that golden place to be. And, uh, you know, we had, I don't know, 11 kids on playing softball at the time on two teams, which was kind of a challenge because you play with nine in each game and we barely had enough kids to even play one game, let alone two games. And so when she quit, um, I figured, oh, I'm out of here. I, this is not really for me. I was still a baseball guy. And um, uh, they, we had, at the time, we had, like, seven, seven freshmen that were playing. And he kind of sat there and said, um, I'm checking out. And then they were like, oh, you know, you please stay. You know, we're here. We're freshmen. We, you know, and the kids were a really good group of kids. And um, – so I said, all right, I'll tell you what, I'll stick it out for one year and then I'm out of here. So I, and again, I knew nothing about the sport other than girls playing. That was it. And I knew it was kind of like baseball. <laughs> and so we finished the first year and uh, we weren't very good and we worked at it. And then, I don't know, something changed. I think once you got the kids a little bit older, for me, I realized it wasn't more about, it had nothing to do with the wins. It really was to prepare them for, for life. And it came full circle because now here we're all sitting in quarantine. Uh, you know, all the sports, the whole world has come to a stop. And I feel my kids, and that kind of gets back to the little letter that I wrote to them. I think my kids are well, are so prepared now to handle the world today um, based on what they've learned over the years by playing softball with me than any wins, losses, tournament, championships, playoff games, all that stuff just kind of gets – replaced year after year um, where the, the individual doesn't. And so I think that and that's kind of what I told them. I said, you know, you guys just want to be the light to somebody right now. And I think these kids have learned that over the years and I'm seeing that. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe the way we handled all those years of craziness in the beginning helped kind of mold me into a better, to see things a little bit differently and to see things in a different perspective for these kids, especially the high school kids. And so kind of stuck with it back in 2005, stayed with it. Uh, we ended up getting a field on campus. We were one of the few schools in the, in the league that didn't even have a field on, on campus. So we ended up working that angle, got a field. Once we got a field, um, kids started showing up. Um, schools started getting behind us. They realized that I was not the normal coach they probably had over the last 10 years there. Um, uh -huh. Or just was there to win. Or, or a bit worse, which I think is happening a lot now, is um, I, I didn't have a travel ball team. So I wasn't coaching there to use their field for other activities. I was just there yeah. to use the field for the high school activities. And so I think once that all kind of settled, 
and the kids started showing up and they started buying into the program, we got pretty good, pretty fast. And, um, the winning stuff all came. I mean, we, we've done extremely well over the last five, six years. Uh, we've had probably the most kids in Orange County go on to division one schools. Uh, we've gone each year, we get better and better in the playoffs. Um, you know, last year we lost in the semifinals. Um, theoretically this year we, we were on track to lose in the finals. If you look back to the history of our program, we we lost in the first round, and the next year we lost in the second round, and the next year we lost in the quarters, and the last year we lost in the semis. So it makes total sense. We would have lost in the finals, and then we would have won it two years from now. But uh, that obviously that streak kind of ended. But um, but yeah, so you know, but I think it's just being available for the kids and realizing that you, in high school, you know, you always hear it's you know it's just high school, which drives me crazy when a parent. It's usually a parent that isn't having success. Their kid is not having success in high school. Therefore, high school sports doesn't matter. Yeah. And if your kid is having success in high school, then it really matters to them, right? So it's almost like I always wondered, how can it go both ways? If, if little Mary isn't playing, it's because high school is miserable. And it's just, you know, it's a horrible thing. But if Mary's playing really, really well, it's the greatest thing in the world. So you kind of take that approach by saying, you know what? let's let's kind of look at the angles differently and let's not look at the the winning success of being successful let's look at trying to make good people to handle situations like we're in today and see if we can do that because then everybody wins the kid that only gets one at bat during the year is going to win and the kid that gets 100 at bats in the year is going to win and that's kind of the approach i've taken and i my little crazy scientific experiment is working <laughs> i can honestly <laughs> say that it's working um I think we've turned out some really good kids and what's cool about it. A lot of these kids will end up going onward to college that I still stay in contact with. So I'm thinking if I was the guy who, if I would have coached like I did back in the eighties, late eighties, um, these kids would have, the kids that played all the time would probably stay in contact with me, but not, not everybody. Um, uh-huh. And but now I'm seeing, I, I mean, and it really came into fruition this year with this virus thing. All my college kids contacted me when they came home. I mean, it's crazy. I, I spend more time talking to them. Than I spend talking to my own family. I mean, they're always texting or always calling. Um, and then, wow. then you add in the 20 kids on the roster doing the same thing. It becomes, you can kind of see that there's a pretty close group there. So um, it's not rocket science. I don't think, I mean, anybody can do this. I just think you just need to, you need to coach. If I had to give any advice to a coach, I'd tell them that you need to coach them in the three dimensions of coaching you need to coach their physical you need to coach their mental and then you need to coach to their heart and if you can do all three of those things then you're going to do your job that's cool that's good yeah i was thinking the um kind of the um there's that i guess you could that balance between like you coach to win or you coach to you know build up the player and do you, do you see those as opposing each other or is that no, I think they go hand in hand. I think if you can coach the player, the the winning part or the success part will come along with it. Um, because usually you got, if you got, especially with girls, if you have a team that is happy with each other, you're going to play really well. Um, you know, boys teams are different. That's one thing I've learned by coaching boys and girls over the last 35 years. Boys, boys don't need to be best friends with each other and still do well on the field. Where uh-huh. girls need to be best friends to do well on the field. So you can't coach you can't coach boys the same way as you coach girls, and you can't and vice versa. And you can't coach each girl the same way because each girl is different. I mean, this year's team, for example, I have six seniors um, 
and all six of them are totally different. I have one kid who's ultra, ultra confident, is a leader, um, will, is a diehard, win at all costs kind of kid, but has a huge heart. And underneath her, she's a very sensitive kid. And I have another kid who doesn't say a word, it's quiet, doesn't get in, you know, doesn't, is not a raw, raw tech kid. But she too is very competitive and wants to do well. So if you put those, teach those kids the same way, you can probably drive one of them away where now I think if you can teach them, if you can coach them based on their personalities and actually get to know them, then the winning part, the, the success part will always come. If you're talented, I mean, we're all, we're only so talented, right? I mean, we, you, you know, you played soccer, you were good at one age and then sooner or later, just, it just went away. I mean, I played baseball at one time, you know, some of us are really good at seven and are horrible at 10. <laughs> some of us are, you know, horrible at 25 and have been in the pros. So it all depends. It's all about, you know, we only have so much ability, but I think if you can coach them to their, to the individualism of the kid and to their personalities and actually get to know them, I think you can still have success on the field. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. That's the, um, I think, uh, I, I see that a lot. Like obviously in, I've, I've coached mainly just rec um, ball there and with the kids, and especially at that age, like, I mean, if, if you're a coach coming in and you're, you're just trying to win the whole time, like you're, <laughs> you're going to have, you get kids that never played soccer before and then you get kids who've been playing a lot. So there's that mixture there, but um, there's that, always that. Uh, um, so I've always kind of tried to like, focus more on, okay, I'm just going to, coach to develop the kid but there have been a couple of times where I've made some decisions of like you know I'm not going to play this kid as much because I'm we're in the playoffs and it really counts you know and and then we end up losing horribly and this kid felt bad because he knew he didn't play as much as the other kids you know and I was walked away from one of those games like oh man I'm I'm never doing that again like <laughs> that was that was not worth yeah, it's it. It's a fine know? line. I think it's a fine line. Yeah. But then on the other hand, I mean, that's kind of how society is, right? I mean, it's not – society's not fair. I mean, there's – there's, and I, I think that – and it's hard for a kid because you can kind of use that approach and say, hey, we're going to make it fair for everybody. And then, you know, your really good kids may suffer because they're not playing. You're not developing them as fast as they need to. Yeah. Your bad kids are – you're just trying to get them to learn the game and understand the game. So you're trying to move them up. And then you have the whole, you know, game part actually, but you know, life's not fair. And that's kind of what you tell these guys here. I think to me, the best game, the best games I've ever coached is I've gotten everybody in, uh, out of, you know, a couple of years ago, we beat Los Alamitos in a game at Huntington. They were ranked pretty high and we beat them in, I think it was like seven to six. It was like the last inning we scored a run. And I got everybody in the game. Everybody either played an inning, batted, ran, somehow. I had 19 kids on the roster. And I walked away thinking, man, this was the best game I've ever coached. I won the game, and everybody got in. Uh Then I got home and started thinking about it, thinking there was probably six or seven families that were irritated that a kid only ran or only played in the field or only (laughs) got one at bat. You know what I mean? So it's like, okay, I can't make everybody happy. I was happy because I think I did my job. But I played within the rules, right? I mean, it's like. I can't help it if I have 20 kids on the roster and the, the 20th kid is on the on-deck circle and the last out of the game is made. I feel yeah. bad. I was like, oh, I didn't get you know her in a bat, but that was the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules up. So as soon as you realize that, I think if, you, if you're just fair, I think, if you're fair to the kids and you have every opportunity, and I think that's the important thing. I mean, certain kids are going to rise to the top, and they deserve to rise to the top. And you, as a coach, I think, would do disservice to them if you didn't. 
make them yeah. rise to the top, right? That's good. That's good. Um, just, I know we don't have too much more time here, but just um, going as a parent um, growing up, maybe just give a little bit of the background. You, you share a little bit about with your, um, with your kids there. Uh, but as a parent over the years, like what, how, have, how have you changed um, as a parent to your kids versus like just as a, as a coach? Well, it's hard. I think it's hard to be a parent and a coach at the same time because there's a lot of times, you know, when I went Allie played volleyball and I knew nothing about volleyball, which is awesome. I think if she would have played softball, it would have probably been a more miserable experience to be the father and the coach at the same time. <laughs> but the fact yeah. that she played a whole different sport that I knew nothing about, it was tough for me to like give her tips and coach her after games and all that kind of stuff when a normal parent does. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, um, you do want your kid to do well. I mean, that's human nature, right? Um, and if someone says, oh, I don't really care, they're, they're not telling the truth. I think everybody wants their kid to do well. I just kind of, the thing I've tried to tell my kids over the years is, you know, just give me, just, just work as hard as anybody else, you know? And if you walk away from it and you work, you felt like you gave me your best shot, then as a, then the only person you need to kind of answer to is yourself. So if Allie played a volleyball game and thought she did the best she could and only got one point and, you know, didn't do what, you know, I wanted her to do, but she felt like she did and helped her team then uh, there's no reason for me to sit there and try to tell her something differently as a parent. So it's, it's tough to be the parent and the coach. I know what's worked well for me over the years is like when I did coach my own daughter, I usually let my assistant coach kind of be the person to talk to her. And, and, yeah. and then he let me talk to her daughter. And so it was almost like we flipped roles because, you know, especially with girls, the last thing she wants to hear from her dad is, you know, why she did dropped her shoulder or didn't swing the right way or something. But yeah, if he yeah. told her that, she was, it was just a coach telling her that it wasn't her dad telling her that. So yeah. we, we worked really well off each other that way. We kind of said, Hey, from now on, you just deal with her. I'll deal with her with schoolwork and homework and all that kind of stuff. And just life. And you deal with the coaching side and it, it kind of worked out well. That's cool. That's good. All right. Well, um, yeah, well, thank you. Thanks for no worries for the interview. Second time around. Second. That's what I, Probably wasn't as good as the first one, but you get what probably, you get, right? It probably wasn't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that one, that, that good. the history of that tape will never be found. It was really good. Yeah, it was the best <laughs> interview ever. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> In the archives, right? <laughs> well, there you guys have it. The conversation with Jeff Forsberg, the head softball coach at Huntington Beach High School. And it was just a real fun interview um i'm not sure if you caught that i mentioned a little bit but unfortunately that was our second interview i i uh lost the or i didn't i didn't the first interview we did didn't record so um but that was still a good one and one thing that i loved about that i want to take about take out of that on interview right there just kind of pull out is the the tension that we can sometimes have as coaches to either focus on winning versus building relationship and um, developing the player. And, and I don't think we ever like consciously say, I'm, I'm just going to focus on winning. I don't want to focus on the player, um, but it, but it can happen. And, and I think what, what I love about his story is that um, as he's grown and, and he's developed and, and uh, now he's looking back over, you know, several years of coaching is, he can see the effect of the relationship he's developed with his players um, 
and and how much more valuable that that relationship is and how that that development and that focus on relationship actually leads to success and so that's one of the just the funny things about success is that if you try to just focus on gaining success at all costs, it ends up, you end up not being able to, to hold on to it. But if you focus on the principles and the factors that lead to success in relationship and in a team and, and that winning, but you, you, you focus it from a healthy standpoint of building that relationship that in the long run, it turns into that, 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 that success, that long-term success. So um, just a little bit of a, um, a focus here on coaches and developing programs. Um, so if you're out there, keep up the good work, keep working hard. Um, you will have um, one of the, the awesome things about being a high school coach, I believe, is that you have the the potential to really influence these kids in these, these really essential times in their life. And that the principles that they learn are they're going to carry throughout their life. So um, hope you enjoyed this episode. And remember that the, that the skills that we learn and that we develop on the field are with us for a season, but the effects of it last a lifetime.